Well, it is especially good to be with you today. You know, over the years when people have had to miss services and be away, I always say that one of the measures of that, it's not necessarily being away from services, but but does it bother you that you're away from services? There's a difference in those two things, right? And, and, and I just want to tell you that it bothered me not being here. And when we were getting ready this morning, I just, man, it's just good to be able to be here, isn't it? And I know that you guys missed me because I had so many of you that expressed to me how much you appreciated Justin's shorter sermon length. And, and I, I, I just, that's the way I know that I was missed. And I, that's, that was a little Christmas present for y'all. I don't think you can have that every day, okay? Or get used to that or anything like that. But it's just almost fitting for the way that the year ends. Uh, I mean, it, at least for our family in terms of some of those things. It's just been a year, hadn't it? And I, I like to look, there was a little, I think it was a meme or something like that, where it, it was talking about someone almost scared to, to get up on, on New Year's Day for fear you're going to look at the calendar and it say, you know, December 32nd, 2020, like that this year is just going to keep on going. It said the first, and we're glad about that. But, but just this idea of like, okay, so, so what's next? Like, what, what's, what's going to come after this? And it's just been one bad thing after another, after another, after another. And it can, it can start to eat on your mind a little bit, can it? Everybody, everybody relate to this? Everybody get a little bit tired and worn out and, and maybe, maybe a little bit down? And, and just our, our outward forecast might not have been the most positive in the world. And we just get worried. What's, what's going to happen next? What's the next thing? And, and, you know, and as a Christian, as, as, a, as a reader, as a, as a student, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I, I know what the Bible says about fear and anxiety and worry. You guys know that too, right? It, 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 says, it says in regards to fear, what, what, what's it say about fear, Thomas? Don't have it, right? Do not fear, and like, it may not be 365 times, but it's in the hundreds that the Bible just really clearly, do not fear, right? Uh, anxiety, you know, I'm anxious about this, I'm anxious about that. I mean, I, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is really clear when he says, he says, what's he say about being anxious? Yeah, don't, don't do it, right? Don't have anxiety. And I mean, I'm just reading those things, and I say, okay, I get it. But, but then I read those things and say, well, but, but, but how? And like, how exactly am I supposed to do that? Because, because if there ever has been a time where I felt like I had a lot of reasons to have fear, if there ever was a time that I felt kind of justified in my anxiety for what was coming, I mean, this would seem like it, right? So it's not that I don't know what to do. I just don't have any idea how to do it. And, and so this morning, I want us to spend some time talking about the peace of God. Jesus wants us to be a people who have peace in our lives. He wants us to be people who have peace in our hearts. He does not want us or intend for us to be a people who are always worked up about this or about that or that we're worried that, 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 that the sky is going to fall or, 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 or all of these things or we're constantly filled with fear. He doesn't want us to be that. And He died so that we don't have to be that. So, so I want to I look at His Word and I want to say, so, so how, do I, how do I take hold 
hold of this thing that he obviously wants me to have, but I don't always have. It has nothing to do with him wanting me to have it. I just don't always have it. You ever try to give somebody a gift and, and they, didn't, they didn't accept it? You, you, you ever try to pay for somebody's meal? Thomas, no, never. I, I didn't figure. But, but you, 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 you ever try to pay for somebody's meal and, and you're trying to be nice? You're trying, and then, no, you're not going to do it. And, and it's almost like we're going to race up there to see who gets to pay. And, you know, and then there's always that one guy like, oh, no, you don't pay for mine. But if you want to go ahead on up there before me, that, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Right? But this idea of I'm trying to give you a gift, but, but there's, something, there's some reason that you're not receiving this gift. I think that's, that's kind of what goes on with the peace of God. And so, and so I want to be that person not who looks at God's gift and says, I don't want that or I don't need that because I obviously do. I want to receive it. I want to receive it with thanksgiving. Why? Because God wants me to be at peace. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of John. Because Jesus is going to talk, you know in John he talks a lot about love, but, but almost as much as he talks about love, it seems like he talks about, about this subject of peace. Where over and over he's going to, he's going to, to speak to his disciples, as he's trying to prepare them for, for this crucible of their faith, right? I mean, he's about, to be, he's about to go to Jerusalem, he's about to be crucified, everything that they've given and followed is about to be turned on its head. So as he talks to them about that, he says, now, I want you to have peace. I want you to have peace in your heart. And so, so he says in John, in John 14 and verse 27, Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, now, there are lots of different ways that we can talk about peace, and, and we're actually going to talk about several of these uh, as, we, as we progress this morning. We, we could talk about uh, world peace. I don't know if people talk near as much about world peace as they did when I was younger, but, but it's still an idea, right? This idea that, that if I could have one thing in the world, you know, when I used to do, do beauty contests, I, I would always tell them, I never did a beauty contest, but, but I would always, you know, world peace, or, 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 or sometimes... Sometimes just having peace in your home. Sometimes just having peace uh, at school or at work or at church or just getting along with other people, right? I mean, we, we can think about peace, but those types of peace are really secondary. They're really an outgrowth of what Jesus is, is talking about here. He's talking about peace. He's talking about peace that we're going to have to have if, we're going to, if all those others are going to be possible. Jesus is talking about the way that you feel. There's a big difference in that, isn't there? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just asking you to get along. I'm not just asking you to tolerate one another. I'm not just asking you to stop fighting. I'm asking, I'm desiring for you to have peace in the way that you feel. How do I know that? Because look at, look at, look at what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Do we understand that this is, this is a challenge? So once again, I haven't been in any fist fights in a very long time. So there's a sense in which, in which fifth grade, somebody said something about my mama. It's a long story, okay? That's the last one. But this is a whole different 
thing he's talking about. He's talking about the way that you feel. He's talking about anxiety. He's talking about being afraid. He's talking about our hearts. That's what I'm leaving with you, church. That's what I'm giving to you. That's what he wants us to have. And I don't know about you, but, but there are lots of places in the Scriptures that, that challenge me as an individual. This talk about inward peace continually challenges me. Because I live in this world that just stirs up the anxiety. It stirs up the worries. It stirs up the concerns. And sometimes that even comes out, well, it starts in the way I feel, and then that comes out in my words, or that comes out in my actions. See, Jesus says, I want you to have peace. So how's how's he going to do this? Well, we know that however he's going to do it, he's not going to do it in the same way that the world does it. Did you you see what he says there? Not as the world gives do I give to you. I'm not going to give you peace the same way that the world gives you peace. I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about something deeper, more powerful. Don't settle... Somebody's talking about don't settle for cheap grace. Don't settle for cheap peace. Don't settle for just the lack of conflict. Don't settle for the things of this world giving us peace. I'm not trying to give you peace as the world gives you peace. So, so how, does, how does the world give us peace? Well, the world, I mean, the world gives us peace through uh, retirement accounts, insurance, uh, words of affirmation, health insurance, Uh, tornado shelters, police departments. I mean, all good things, right? That's how the world gives us peace. When we we used to live in Tennessee, I I, I told my wife, if we had to spend one more day living in Tennessee, I would spend whatever money we had to spend to build a tornado shelter. Because there were so many nights that we were all huddled together in the closet thinking, we're all going to die in here with with my wardrobe from the last 20 years. I mean, it it really just stirred up. And if I only had a place where I could go, right, and I had this cool one I could put like under under my car in the garage, I already had one picked out. Why in the world did I want to do that? So I could sleep at night to give me peace. We, 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 have, we have, you know, our, our, our police departments. And, we, you know, we, there are those moments in life and there are conflict or you find yourself in a bad situation. And what do you, if, if only some, some form of authority would show up. Uh, back when we were talking about all the church shootings and things of that nature. And a lot of times we, we would have a police car parked out front, Right? And we have, we have a security team, and, and we have guys who, who, who are armed, even in our services. For, for what purpose? For peace, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't have to worry. I mean, whatever's, Bart, you got it, right? Got it. Shake your head up and down, and I'll feel better about it. Give me some peace, right? I got it. You can mouth those words. That's all I need to know. And, and that's how the world gets peace. But Jesus says, that's not what I'm doing. Because all those things... So, so what happens? What happens when I'm feeling really good about the future because, because I've saved and I had this retirement account and the stock market's been good? What happens when the stock market crashes? Hey, what happens when that plan that I had for, for sustaining me in the future, what happens when that goes away? Well, what happens when, when, I, when, when, when my shelter collapses over time? There are lots of shelters that are around that I wouldn't go in for anything. They are terrifying, right? You and all the spiders in there. I mean, what, so, so, so what happens? What, what happens when the police go away? 
I mean, what, what happened? I mean, it's great. They're here. You settled it. You know, I'm feeling good. But then, but then they're gone, and I'm still here, and now I don't have any police. I mean, Jesus is saying, I, I want to give you something more than the world gives. Don't settle for cheap peace. Not as the world gives do I give you. I'm thankful for all of those things, but, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a deeper peace. You can go forward in, in John's gospel, and you could go back to the first part of chapter 14, or you could go forward all the way to chapter 16, and Jesus is telling his disciples once again, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. For in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So once again, we're not talking about peace that can be taken away when the police go away. We're not talking about peace that is all of a sudden, whenever a pandemic comes upon you, all of a sudden we're we're losing our minds. That's not what Jesus gave us. Jesus says, I'm talking about a peace that goes deeper than this. I'm talking about a peace that you're going to have when I, when you go to the cross. It's not a peace that's circumstantially based. Everybody have circumstances? Everybody have things going on in your life? Some of which are very public, some of which are very private. But everybody's got their stuff going on. Right? Everybody shake your head up and down so I know you're still with me. Everybody? If you don't, I want you to, I want you to tell me you've got some kind of charmed life that you live where everything is perfect in your world. Okay? I, I would say sometimes... Me and the preacher, I, I get a lot of inside information. Sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's horrible to know. But, but, but sometimes you, because of that, I'll hear people talking about other people, even within the church, as if, as if they don't have any problems. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, if you only knew, right? If you only knew what that person, what that family, if, but, and then you can't say anything. But some, we, we, we do that, don't we? We look at people and say, well, there you got, you know, just this perfect life. No. Jesus knows that. It's not circumstantially based. It's peace even in bad situations. But what Jesus says here is interesting to me because he's not only acknowledging in this world you'll have tribulation, but he says, I want you to be of good cheer. Why? For I have overcome this world. And and so it's this interesting thing where uh, Brian, you remember back when you were in high school and you would get a paperback, a test back from the teacher, and you got a bad grade on it, right? And you were like, whew, this is, this is, this is not good, right? I mean, I, I mean, my mama and daddy, if they find out about this, are not going to be pleased whatsoever. It's stressful, right? And then, and then as you're sitting there with, with your paper, there's some kid like Kate next to you, and she says, I got an A. Yeah, I don't know what your problem is. I got an A. How did it make you feel? You know what? I, I just, you felt so much better that somebody else got, it, got a good grade on that test, right? Is that the way that works? Now, now, some of you guys were the ones who were sitting there like, well, I got an A. You should have studied harder. So, but, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's like, well, good for you. I'm glad you got an A. How does that, that give me peace? How's, how's that going to help me go home and talk to my mama or my daddy about, about this bad grade that I got on this test, and we'll just call this test life? Does that give us peace? Good for you, John. I'm glad you're doing so well. But I'm struggling over here. 
But that seems to be exactly what Jesus says here. Oh, yeah, well, I know that you have tribulation. That's no surprise. But I'm going to tell you, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome this world. See, it's not circumstantially based. Our peace is not based on what's going on in our life. It's based in Jesus. He's going to say over and over, because I am your peace. I am your peace. You just got sick. You just lost your job. You just really messed up. How does, how, does, how, does, how does the fact that you've overcome this world make me feel any better? Because my peace is based on your glory in my life. And you may or may not understand what that means. If you understand it, then you have some semblance of the peace that passes understanding. If, 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 it, talks, if it sounds like I'm saying something very strange to you, then you're also going to think it's very strange when we talk about peace that passes understanding. This connection between knowing Jesus and having peace. Go in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. You, you, know, you know the scene. All of us know the scene here in Luke chapter 2. It's, it's the birth of Christ, right? And, and Jesus is being born there in Bethlehem. And if we had time, we would flesh more of this out. But but there, there are these shepherds who are, out, who are out tending to their flocks. And in verse 9 of, of Luke chapter 2, there, the, the text says, Then an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. There it is again, right? Just, the Bible is just filled with this over and over. Don't be afraid. You're standing in the presence of the glory, and the, of, the glory of God. The glory of the Lord shone around them. This is the stuff that everybody gets on their knee. John acted as if he was dead, right? I mean, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. That's the natural response to, to, to the glory of the Lord standing before us. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. So you're overwhelmed with life. But I'm just telling you, you think that you think that it's just the worst, the, the bad getting worse. I want to tell you about something even better. It's good news. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly. There appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Now, you want to talk about moments in, in the Bible that you wish you could see? I'd like to see this. I don't know, I want to be in the shepherd's position, but from a distance. I mean, just can you imagine that all of a sudden, you, you, these scenes where you see the, the, the throne room of God, but I think about our lights. What if above all of these lights and then above here, it was just you were just surrounded by, by the heavenly hosts? praising God. I mean, just kind of, kind of let your mind work on that, and you, and you listen to what they're saying. In verse 14, they say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Th th there are these two concepts that, that I, want us, I want us to make sure that we understand are being merged together. The glorification of God and peace on earth. 
when God is glorified, peace spreads everywhere that this child is received. Inward peace, outward peace, every sort of peace. Everywhere that this child is glorified, peace will spread. You cannot separate the two. You you, you want to find conflict? I wouldn't wouldn't even dare this morning to try to unpack every every amount of conflict in the world or in our lives, but I'm just going to tell us when we have conflict in our lives, there is some party that is not accepting or following after Jesus. And you can figure out who that is. Most of the time it's both parties. Jesus becomes our peace. Glory to God in the highest. See, if we try to live our lives as just saying, you, you, okay, how many of us want peace? You're not going to get it if you don't raise your hand. Okay? We all want peace, right? We all say, yeah. I mean, if they're handing out peace at the back door, right? I, Robbie, you got some peace? You're gonna, I mean, everybody goes out, just give them a little... We'd have, our numbers would be much larger. If, 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 but most people want peace. But, but if, you, if you think, well, I want peace because that's a good thing, but you don't really have any interest, you don't really have any love for, or you don't treasure, or you don't admire the, the glory of God, you're never going to have peace. These two things are tied inseparably together. If you have no interest, if, if you don't, really stand and glorify the greatness of God, then you're constantly going to be overwhelmed by the puny things of life. And yes, I said puny. Paul says that even the sufferings of this world, they're not worthy to be compared. You talk about the worst thing you've got going on in your life, and I'd have no doubt that it's bad. It could be death itself. He says it doesn't even, it's not even worth discussing compared to the glory of God. It's one of those perspective things for us to see. But when I see the glory of God, when my focus is upon Him, that's where peace is. Throughout the New Testament, God is continually referred to as the God of peace. Jesus would say, we've already read in John 14, My peace I give to you. In Ephesians 2, in verse 14, Jesus Paul said that Jesus Himself is our peace. You want to say, I want peace, but I don't want to glorify God. I'm too cool for that. I'm too busy for that. I'm I'm, I'm too old for that. I'm too mature for that. I'm too whatever for Jesus. There are a lot of people inside and outside the church that, that, that that's exactly where they live their life. If you're too anything for Jesus, if you're too anything for, for glorifying God and proclaiming His praise everywhere that you go, you're never going to have a peace that passes understanding. Because these things are tied together. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. God is going to give you peace. How's He going to do it? He's already said He's not going to do it by getting rid of all your problems. He's going to do it by becoming the most glorious person in your life. That's how He's going to give you peace. And if we have a heart that is bent on showing the glory of God, we will know the peace of God. So, so I, I did this intentionally when, we, when I chose peace to be the very last component of, of radical Christianity. 
We, we, we spend our entire year talking about not playing with our faith. Of, of a true biblical faith, a faith that appears even radical to the world in, in our pursuit of who God is, of what God teaches, of being transformed into His image, of all of these things, of, of being serious about our faith. The end result of that, it is a peace that passes all understanding. But if you don't get these things, if, if I don't understand what, what, what it means that, that I'm called to be a servant and not to be served, if I don't understand what it means to actually have a holy ambition for my life, if I don't understand what the grace of God actually is, I will never have the peace that God talks about. This world will always overwhelm me, but when I get those things, listen, there's nothing that can be said, done, or happened to me that can take away my peace. I'm not saying I can't suffer anymore because I know I can but I can have a peace that passes all understanding. It, it is a peace that, that we struggle to, to live and to enjoy and to feel. Right? That's the depth. Let not your heart be troubled with men, with ourselves, with God. And, and we, could, we could spend so much time talking about every one of these arenas where, where, we, are, where, where we are impacted, but, but the truth is God intends us, God intends us to have peace in these places. That's His gift. Peace, peace with men. And we've already said where there's not peace, there is an absence of God in some shape, form, or fashion. You, you ever get into um, a, a dispute with your spouse? Okay, do, do, do I ever take the time to say, okay, how does God fit into this? Like, where is Jesus? And, and if I do that, and, and I always think about my, my faithless wife, you know, whenever it's my, my solution, I probably need to think about that a little bit more, right? Like, there, there's this component of, okay, so part of what's causing this conflict is that we, or maybe more importantly me, because I actually do control me, I'm not actually showing Christ in this moment. You have conflict in the church. You have conflict in your workplace. Okay, how do I show Christ here? Paul would say this in Romans 12 and verse 18. He said, if it is possible. Just to understand, the, this is a high calling, right? Nobody's saying this is easy. Anybody who's lived over like 10 minutes knows this is not easy. People, relationships can be difficult. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You remember people it's hard to get along with? A lot of you just spent time with your family over the holidays, and some of you guys have those wonderful families, and you put the whole group on the Christmas card, and that, that, that was wonderful. But, but anybody ever struggle to spend time with their family? I'll put it in quotes, right? I mean, I say everybody's got family. Everybody know what I'm talking about? A lot of you are looking at the floor right now. It's like, that makes me know. I know what you're talking about, because this is difficult. And, and, and I go in, and I come out of those situations, and I understand that what Paul is saying to me Wes Hazel, Christian. Wes Hazel, follower of Christ. Coming in and out of those situations. As much as depends on you, 
You live peaceably with all men. Do not respond to the people who, who, who we struggle with. Do not respond to them based on what they deserve. Do not respond to them based on, on our flesh. You respond to them based on what they have given you. There in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul would write about the Christian life, and he says in verse 31, he says, I want you to let all bitterness... Hey, sometimes a lack of peace, it goes way back. There was a, there was a good book. Maybe we might have used it in a class one time. But it was just called, it called a, a Biblical Background of the Troubled Middle East. It was like Gus Nichols or somebody, somebody like that wrote. Anybody read that book? Jackie, ever read, read that book? Anyways, it's, it's kind of a history lesson of, of the Old Testament. But he was making this point. Uh, you know a lot of the problems they've got on in the Middle East today? They've had those problems for a long time right? Like before you ever came around, they were having those fights. And before, I mean, we're talking about thousands of years, they've been having these, these fights and these wars and these fusses, call it whatever you want. This goes way back. So bitterness, sometimes, sometimes our, our lack of peace goes way back. Like we, we live in a state of angst because we just always live in a state of angst. You, you ever known bitter people? I don't even know what they're mad about, but I know they're mad. Like they, just, they don't enjoy something in life, and they're going to make sure you don't enjoy it. I mean, you just know people like that, right? And if you're not careful, you start to see those things in the mirror. And when I was a young preacher, I used to, I used to always talk about uh, bother me. I met a lot of bitter preachers. I met a lot of bitter preachers, to be quite honest. And, and I would be really hard on them. And then I lived a little bit of life, and I was like, oh, huh, I see why they were bitter. I mean, at times, I, I've seen those things, right? But not to accept those things, but to say, that means we got to redouble the efforts to make sure we don't grow bitter. People always give you reasons to be bitter, won't they? Everybody shake your head up and down, right? People always give you reasons to be bitter. He says, nope, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, you know this, even as God in Christ forgave you. So I want that internal thing going on there. I want your feeling to be based not upon the man, but upon Jesus Christ. Based upon what He has done for you. Be amazed. Brethren, we, we, we take it for granted almost to the point that we just think that amazing grace is, it's, I don't know, my grandma likes that song. It's an oldie but a goodie, right? I think it's one of the most powerful songs that we sing. Take some time to continually be amazed that God could forgive somebody like me. That God could forgive someone like you, and not, not just knowledge. I know we have knowledge, but to be in all of those things. I heard someone ask this question. They said, are you more amazed that in spite of all of your wrongs, you have been forgiven? Or are you, are you more amazed that you continue to be wronged? I'm going to read that again. 
Are you more amazed that in spite of all of your wrongs, you have been forgiven? Or are you more amazed that you continue to be wronged? What is your dominant emotion? I'm just going to tell you, if that doesn't make you take a step back and say, huh, because I'm going to, because when I've been wrong, I don't like it. I mean, I, I, I can tell those things. I can feel those things. They, they get me in the heart, right? Yeah, to every person in this room, that, that's a reality. In this world, that's a reality. But Christ comes, I'm talking about a new way of life. See, this is, this is the past to peace. I can't talk. It's been a month, okay? That, 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 this, idea, that this idea of this is the past, path to peace, for emphasis sake, of understanding it's not based on the situation or the per. It's based upon what's been done for me. I know I should not be wronged again, but I have been and I will be. But if I let the peace that Jesus Christ wants me to have be taken away from me every time somebody says something dumb to me, if you let the peace that Jesus Christ died for you to have be taken away every time that the preacher says something that strikes you as a little bit odd, there's the problem. Glory, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Take the focus off of man and put it upon Christ. To find peace with men, to find peace with yourself. We are torn up by anxiety. Aren't we? And, and I know there are all sorts of levels of anxiety and, and, and some, some things that are medical conditions. And I, I understand all of that. But, but just this, this general worry. We places like Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. He says, be anxious for nothing. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about th- these medical treatable positions. I'm talking about that general sense of worry. And he says, quit worrying about it. We worry about people that don't worry about it. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Jesus Christ. Do you know why we are so torn up by anxiety? It's because we have every reason to be torn up by anxiety. Because because the things of this world are constantly attacking us. Isn't that what he says? He says says, says that, that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. Well, if you're having to guard them, that means there's actually something that is attacking them. And this is the trap that we fall into because, because this idea that there are all these things that happen and anxiety is totally rational and warranted as far as I can tell. Right? We, we have that, well, well do, you, do you want to know why I'm so upset? You, do you want to know? I mean, well, I'll tell you. Okay, let's get comfortable, right? And then I'll tell you my story and you'll tell me your story. I mean, we, we feel justified in these things. And so when we look for a solution, we, we want one that makes rational sense to us. Right? Are you going to tell me about peace? I'm, I'm, I'm just getting eat up inside. I want you to explain this, this, and this. Okay. Um, pandemic's tearing me up, so what about the vaccine? Come on. 
I, I, I doubt there's anything that's having a, a more negative impact spiritually in our world right now that Satan is using than the global pandemic. Okay? And we can talk about that whole thing later. But I know it's impacting people, and it's impacting people spiritually. But I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to have my faith impacted negatively. So, okay, solution, vaccine. So when's the vaccine going to come? So uh, is, it, is it safe? What are the side effects? Is, is, it, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Am I going to have to have it next year? Is there a line? So are we talking about two weeks from now, four weeks from now? So after that, then I don't have to worry about that? I mean, isn't that what we do? Like I, listen, I, I am completely fine with feeling fine as long as you give me all the answers that I want. And if you've been in any of those conversations, what have you found? There are no answers. Right? They, 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 they just don't exist. So what's the solution? Just being torn up about it. Just having my whole world torn upside down that I, I can't hardly even move one foot to the right or one foot to the left. Even when, I'm not talking about going to the grocery store. I'm talking about living, living my, my Christian life. Is that, is that the solution? No. But that, that's the solution if I want to find an answer in the way that the world gives answers. And I find there is no answer. It ain't coming. Not coming in two weeks. Not coming in one month. Not coming in four months. Right? Well, you know, this thing, I mean, well, we'll have this in October, or this will be in two months. I read something, well, what, what we thought was going to take months is probably going to take years. <laughs> okay, big surprise. Okay? I guess I better figure out a way to live in the turmoil of this world without losing my faith. Because the turmoil of this world isn't going away. This is, this is what he's talking about. Peace that passes understanding. What am I going to do? What am I going to do when the world attacks? Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to, I'm going to be overwhelmed by Him. You have people in your life that they give you peace, right? They get just their very presence. I remember when I, was, when I was a child, I felt this way about my dad. Right, and when I was a kid, I didn't matter what was going. I thought my dad was like the strongest man that's ever walked the face of the earth. Okay, he had a twenty-eight inch waist. I mean, he could. I mean, but I thought he could have whooped anybody, anytime, anywhere. But I remember that feeling. Why? It wasn't that there wasn't all kinds of stuff going on in the world. I just knew he was bigger than those problems. Do I feel that way about Jesus? That's that peace that passes understanding. And it's not based on the, on, on the, the ignorance of a child. It's based on, on the faith that comes in Christ. This surpasses all things. Faith, peace with men, and peace with yourself, within yourself, and even peace with God. See, this is foundational and it's climactic. And I didn't know where to <clears throat> put this at the beginning or put this at the end. But... Because it could have served in either way. Because if you don't get this, you're not going to get any of the rest of it. Jesus comes and says, I can give you peace over your greatest enemy. I can give you peace over death. I can give you peace over sin and the penalty for sin. Paul said in Romans 5 and verse verse 1, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How in the world does a sinful person like you or me think that we have any hope of the glory of God? 
except through Jesus Christ. How can I have peace with God? Jesus. That's the gospel. That's the good news, right? That that angel of the Lord was trying to share. That, that, that's, that's why this is good news to everybody everywhere. This idea that we're justified, not based on who we are, because you will constantly be frustrated by that. Be torn up by that. But I have peace. I have peace because of Jesus. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, in spite of all of my sin, He is my peace. You start talking about the judgment day. When I first started preaching, there was somebody, they asked me this question. I don't know what the roots of this question is, but I've heard it several times since then. But they wanted to know if on judgment day, there was going to be a giant screen that was going to show all the sins in our life. You ever heard anybody ask that? I remember when they asked that, I thought, man, I hope not. <laughs> right? I was like, I don't know where that, but I mean, wow. I mean, if you thought that was going to be the case, would you, would you be concerned? Like, your chances aren't looking so good on that day. Listen, when I stand before God, when I stand before the Father, I don't have to worry about standing before Him based on my merit. I'm going to stand before Him based upon the sacrifice of His Son. We're talking about being baptized into Christ, not, not to earn my salvation, but to be in Christ. That, that, that association, that fellowship. Hey, I'm with Him. Right? Then I can have peace. Then I can face death itself. And I don't have to, I don't have to play 20, you know, 20 reasons why, I don't, why, why, why I'm going to lose my soul. And that doesn't mean I don't repent of sin and all that. Don't go there. But, but, this, idea, but, but this idea that my salvation is based upon Him. He is our peace. One last verse. John 14 and verse 1. You, you know this probably as well as any. Jesus is preparing his disciples and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me. You believe in God. Believe also in me. He goes on to tell them about his father's house and there are many mansions that he's gone to prepare a place for them and and, and Thomas, he asked, like, how, how do we know where you're going? How, how, can we, how can we know the way? I'm telling you, I want you to have peace. And Thomas says, basically, asked the same question that we started with this morning. Okay, I hear what you're saying. How? Like, you want me to be there at 3.30? You better give me some directions. Okay? Because I'd love to be there, but I don't have a clue how to get there. Right? How? We don't even know where you're going. How can we know the way? Listen to what Jesus said. You know what he said. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is our peace. If your world is torn upside down, maybe it's been torn upside down for a long time. Maybe, you're, maybe your life has, has, has been has been more filled with anxiety and bitterness and anger and grief and fear than it has been filled with peace and contentment and hope and joy. If that's the case, the missing peace, the thing that keeps us from having what God wants us to have, it is Jesus, 
and our acceptance of Him. May we seek Him. May we glorify Him. May we become obsessed with Him. Because He is the one who can and who will give us peace. Even when the wind blows. Even when life turns us upside down. Even when horrible things happen. Even crosses. Even when we come face to face with our own sin. He is our hope. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if that means you come to be baptized into Christ for the very first time, or if that means that you come to repent of sin that has separated you from from His body, or if it means you just come to cast your burdens upon Him and ask for strength that only He can give you, then you answer the Lord's invitation this morning as we stand and as we sing.